Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, on today's episode of Nintendo Switchcraft, we're going to be talking about the idea of Game Pass coming to the Nintendo Switch. We'll also talk about the idea of whether or not Mario Kart 9 is ever going to happen, or should it? And we'll be talking about the indie world, which just happened as well. Uh, before we get started, click on all of the stuff down below because it really does help. If you're if you're listening to the podcast, then go over to my YouTube channel, nerdnest.tv. Click on subscribe because that's free and it's easy. And if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, then do me a favor and subscribe to the audio podcast. Just boot up your favorite podcast app, search for Nintendo Switchcraft, and uh, click on that subscribe button. And that way you can listen while you're uh, working in the garden or, uh, you know, washing the dishes or whatever. Let's talk about uh, something that my community Discord has been discussing a lot lately Uh, there's been rumors for a long time that this is something that was going to happen but i mean let's be honest the the chances are pretty slim you need a lot of you, you you need both parties to sign on to this and i don't know if that's going to happen but let's imagine for a second that it would what would that be like what are you talking about bill well i'm talking about the idea of game pass from from microsoft game pass Coming to the Nintendo Switch. Now, first off, as somebody who subscribes to Game Pass, I personally think that that would be fantastic. Um, That would mean that I would be able to use um, Game Pass in order to play portably, which would be really, really cool. Not necessarily when I'm out and about, because you would have to have Wi-Fi. And you might be wondering, hold on a sec, Bill, uh, let's back up this truck a little bit. Let's talk about how is that even possible? Because clearly the Xbox uh, systems, even the last gen Xbox systems, is more powerful than the tiny little Android tablet that we call the Nintendo Switch. And you are 100% correct, it is. But one thing that uh, I think a lot of people actually are unaware of is that Microsoft is also doing this thing called xCloud well they were calling it xCloud and then they changed the name but I'm always going to call it xCloud because a I think it's a better name b I can't remember the other one Uh, but Microsoft is doing this thing called xCloud where if you want to play a game that you have access to on the xbox but you are not at your xbox you could then stream it to yourself through the cloud just like when you play google stadia and if you had asked me a few years ago if that was like the craziest thing I'd ever heard, I would have said yes. But having played a ridiculous amount of video games through Google Stadia in the last year, I'm here to tell you, if you have a decent internet connection, it works incredibly well. And while Microsoft's xCloud is not quite at the level of Stadia yet, I think 
over time, the quality of the stream that you get from any streaming platform, be it xCloud or Luna or Stadia or whatever, PlayStation Now, um, any of those is probably over time, they're going to even out and it's going to be pretty much just like playing a game at home, which is great. And that's what it's like playing on Stadia. Soon enough, I think that'll be what it's like on xCloud. Now, if you loaded xCloud onto the Nintendo Switch, well, then it wouldn't matter how powerful the Switch is. So can Game Pass come to the Nintendo Switch? I think technically the answer is absolutely. Absolutely it can. So I guess the, we've answered the first question, can it happen? The next question is, would Microsoft do it? And I think the answer to that is yes. And here's why I think that the answer to that is yes. If you look at what Microsoft's stance has been on uh, games that they have the rights to being played on other platforms, you know, without going into example after example, a lot of times they're like, yeah, you know what? Go ahead. We're going to port it to that other platform. Why would they do that? Does that mean that they don't sell an Xbox? Well, Maybe it means that they don't sell an Xbox, but I think that Microsoft also understands that there's only so many people who will definitely buy an Xbox. And once you hit that limit of people who will definitely buy an Xbox, then you put out a game that's only on the Xbox and there is a large number of people who will not buy an Xbox and that means that they will not be able to buy that game. So it's in Microsoft's best interest as a publisher to bring that game to as many platforms as possible so that people will buy it. Now, are they going to do that with every game? No, I don't think so. But quite often in the past, they have done that, especially with the wildly popular games like Minecraft. So would Microsoft bring Game Game Pass to Nintendo Switch? I do think that they would. Because, A, I think that it would be a way to reward the subscribers to Game Pass for uh, subscribing. Because now you're giving those people one more way to access your games. And there's going to be a lot of people who only have a Nintendo Switch and would miss out on these games. And that means you're missing out on their X dollars a month for the Game Pass subscription. So if you put Game Pass on the Switch, you open up a whole lot more wallets to bring money to you, Microsoft. So would Microsoft do it? Yes, I think they would. The next question that you have to ask is would Nintendo allow it? Would Nintendo allow Microsoft to bring Game Pass to the Nintendo Switch? I don't think that they would. I think Nintendo would get in the way of that kind of thing. Now, of course, if you look at Nintendo, um, would they benefit from it? I do think that they would benefit from it. There would be a lot of people who would buy a Nintendo Switch for no other reason than to play their Game Pass games on the go. And Nintendo has has always been in the hardware business. Yes, they also sell software, but when they sell a Nintendo Switch to you, they make a profit on that system. 
The only time that they didn't make a profit, which is different from all of the other companies, the only time that they didn't make a profit on selling hardware was during the Wii U era. And it's probably a good thing that they didn't sell very many of them because they were losing money every time they sold a Wii U. But you fast forward to the Nintendo Switch, and when they sell you one, they make money on that. So Nintendo would definitely benefit from having Game Pass on the Switch. Nintendo would make money because of all of the people who would buy a Nintendo Switch that otherwise would not buy a Nintendo Switch. But I still don't think, even though Nintendo would benefit from it, I still don't think that Nintendo would do it. Nintendo has always been about the walled garden. They always want to keep themselves away from everybody else. In fact, if you look at the past um, leadership roles at Nintendo, like Mr. Kimishima, Mr. Iwata, and you know pretty much any of the higher-ups at Nintendo in the past, if you ask them straight up about other... Uh, systems or games that are on other systems, they really wouldn't respond to that. They would mostly just say, oh, well, we haven't looked at that. We're just focused on doing our own thing. Nintendo has always been very, very closed off, and they've always had blinders on to the outside world and done their own thing. I don't know if the current leadership, Mr. Furukawa, would continue to uh, behave in the way that Nintendo top brass has in the past but I wouldn't be surprised if he did I mean there's a reason he got picked he got picked because he would probably continue the legacy the way that Nintendo planned on doing it and I mean he's he's much younger than anybody else that we've ever had in charge of Nintendo but that doesn't mean that he's going to upend the cart and throw everything out um especially at this point in time when everything Nintendo seems to be doing is working exceedingly well. So will Game Pass come to the Nintendo Switch? I think if it doesn't, it's only because Nintendo has said, I don't think so. Anyway, let's move on. I want to talk a little bit about Mario Kart 9. Uh, The reason I want to talk about Mario Kart 9 is because uh, we, we just got the uh, U.S. NPD numbers, and Mario Kart 8 placed 6th in the March 2021 Best Sellers chart. Just for those of you who have forgotten, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came to the Nintendo Switch in its launch year. I believe it was early summer, or maybe it was mid-summer of 2017. So that's an older game. And when it came to the Nintendo Switch... It was already a remaster of a Wii U game. Back in the era of the Wii U, which did not sell very well, 14.7 million consoles total worldwide for the lifetime of that system. Mario Kart 8 was on that. It was fantastic. There was DLC. The DLC was a great deal. But because only 14.7 million people bought the Wii U, it didn't have a chance to really get its stride. Now, you look at the Nintendo Switch, which uh, launched in 2017 and to date has sold at least 80 million units, probably much higher by now. Uh, But as of the last time that Nintendo has talked about it, I believe that it was 80 million units and well on the way to 100 million easily. That's a ridiculously fast selling console. And 
with it being such a fast selling console, of course, the attach rate to what is essentially Nintendo's biggest game is Mario Kart. The Mario Kart franchise is always absolutely massive for Nintendo. Of course, the attach rate for the only Mario Kart game on the Nintendo Switch is going to be very, very high. Mario Kart 8 is the the best-selling racing game in video game history. Now, yes, that is probably ta- uh, including people who bought it on the Wii U and people who bought it on the Switch, which means that there's some people who bought it twice, yours, yours truly included. Um, but that means that Mario Kart 8 has sold more copies than any other racing game ever. That is very, very good news for Nintendo because they didn't have to do all that much to get that game on the Nintendo Switch. And the Nintendo Switch is selling like crazy. And Mario Kart 8, which came out a really long time ago, is still selling incredibly well alongside it. So my real question here is, are we ever going to get Mario Kart 9? There's a lot of people who are, you know, we've been talking about E3 is on its way back. Nintendo has said, hey, we're going to be in charge, or not in charge, we're going to be working uh, or participating in E3. Doug Bowser said something about, something along the lines of, I can't wait to get back together with the rest of the industry. We're going to make this virtual event awesome, which is great. And a lot of people are speculating that it's time for another Mario Kart. But why? Would Nintendo bring out another Mario Kart when Mario Kart 8 is number 6th in the March 2021? This is four years after the game came out. It's still in the top 10 list, and that's that's only the remaster. I can't remember when the original Mario Kart 8 came out, but four years after the, the, the deluxe version came out, it's still in the top 10 for the NPD numbers. That's insane. And because those sales are so good, it doesn't make any sense for Nintendo to bring out Mario Kart 9 right now. So even if they've been hard at work on it, my guess is they put it in their pocket. They 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 wait until sales start to dip and then they drop it. And I don't see sales dipping anytime soon because as more and more people pick up a Nintendo Switch for the very first time, they're going to pick up Mario Kart 8 Deluxe alongside it. And then we're going to I'm going to ask the question that I've asked on this show a bunch of times. Let's say that they made Mario. Maybe I'm completely wrong about this, but let's say that they decided to make Mario Kart 9. What the hell can they add to it to make it worth having the higher number? The game is already gorgeous and because of the art style that Nintendo goes with for the Mario Kart series, I don't really see the Switch making it look better. So I'm not sure if that's really worth it. Uh, then it's already at 60 frames per second. I believe, if I'm if I'm correct, it's also 60 frames per second in split-screen mode. So that's pretty impressive, too. So, you know, just, just making it run better isn't worth it. Um, you can already fly in the game. You can drive underwater. You can drive on ceilings and walls and stuff. The only thing, and I've said this before, the only thing that you can really add to Mario Kart would be new races and new racers. 
And honestly, I don't think Nintendo's going to do it or they would have done that by now. So with with Mario Kart selling as good as it has been, or I'm sorry, that's poor grammar, as well as it has been, I don't foresee Mario Kart 9 coming out anytime soon. However, here comes the big caveat. However, if the Switch Pro, if the Switch Pro becomes a thing, like everybody keeps talking about the Switch Pro, if the Switch Pro becomes a thing, and we've got that 4K resolution that people keep talking about, will Nintendo put out a Mario Kart 9 game that runs at 4K 60? I don't know. It all it like it all depends on a million different things and there's so many different variables to to think about. I'm not sure what you can do. Leave a comment down below. Let me know what what can Nintendo do to the Mario Kart series to make it worth the 9. In my opinion, they should just not call it if they did bring out a Mario Kart, just call it Mario Kart or Mario Kart Ultimate and just have it be a games as a service kind of thing where uh, you know, they keep bringing out new races and new racers over and over and over again. And that's a steady stream of income. Uh, Furukawa, when he first took over, he said, we are definitely going to be focusing on DLC a lot more than we have in the past, which I think is a good thing. All right, let's talk very quickly about Metroid Prime. Uh, rewind a little bit at E3 a few years back, uh, 2017, in fact, um, Nintendo was showing off uh, they had just brought out the Nintendo Switch. They were showing off uh, Metroid Samus Returns on the 3DS. And, of course, their their hands were tied. Having a new home console out and not mentioning Metroid for the home console when you are talking about Metroid on the last portable would have been a huge mistake. It would have made a lot of people mad. So Nintendo had no choice but to say... By the way, we're working on Metroid Prime 4. Awesome. Fast forward a little while, and then Nintendo said, okay, we're going to stop what we're doing on Metroid Prime 4. It's not coming out the way that we want it to. We're going to work with Rare... Uh, I'm sorry, not Rare. Retro Studios. We're going to work with Retro Studios. That's the people who actually made the original Metroid Prime. And we're going to uh, work with them to make Metroid Prime, but we're starting from scratch. And that means it's going to be a while before we see anything from Metroid Prime. Every time there's rumors, or every time E3 rolls around, or there's rumors of a Direct that rolls around, the same thing gets mentioned. When are we going to hear about Metroid Prime 4? Because it's been a while, and a lot of people are excited for it. And invariably, when that happens, people also talk about Metroid Prime Trilogy being ported to the Nintendo Switch. Um, I think that, look, fingers crossed, the Metroid Prime Trilogy gets ported to the Nintendo Switch, and they talk about it at uh, E3 this year. But Metroid Prime 4 is still hiring. <laughs> um, they're still hiring people to work on that particular game. Uh, Retro Studios just hired Chad Orr. He is a lighting and composting artist. Uh, he worked on things like Moana, Zootopia, um, Sony Santa Monica on God of War, DreamWorks Animation on How to Train Your Dragon 3, The Crude's New Age. The guy, I mean, look, say what you want about those movies. Maybe you like them, maybe you don't. But the animation is really good. 
And so it's great that they're they're bringing in a uh, a senior lighting artist like a, a composing composing I'm sorry compositing artist like Chad Orr for Metroid Prime, but that suggests that there's a lot more work to do. I mean, look, they still have an opening for a concept artist. Now, I don't work in the industry. I am a nerd in his attic. So maybe you can be really, really far along on development and still need a concept artist or still need a, uh, what was it, a director of lighting or something. But the fact that they're still hiring for positions like that makes me think, okay, we're not going to be seeing Metroid Prime 4 anytime soon. And if that's the case, then I don't know what to tell you. Makes me sad. All right, moving on. Let's talk about the new Nintendo Switch Lite, which just came out. It is blue. There are some people who are calling it purple for some reason. I don't understand why anybody would call it purple, and it certainly is not the same color as the purple GameCube that a lot of people were comparing it to. I don't get that comparison. It is blue. So it's not purple, people. All right? Purple people. That reminds me of that song. Anyway, uh, looks cool. It's I really like the color that they went with. D- do you buy... Do you, are you guys out there just buying new new uh, colors of the uh, the Nintendo Switch? I mean, that's not me, but I remember distinctly, like every time in the era of the 3DS, every time Nintendo brought out a new Nintendo 3DS, people were lining up to buy them because they had the different logos on them and stuff. I mean, this is just a different color. Now, if it had logos all over it and stuff, you might interest a lot more people, but this is just a color. So, look, at the end of the day, it's always good to have more options. It's always good to be able to buy a bunch of different colors. Like, if you buy them for your family, hey, we got five people in the family. Let's everybody have a Switch Lite so we can play games together. Let's make sure that they're all different colors so that nobody has to wonder, which one am I holding? Is this the, is this one mine? Uh, so I think that that's great. But it's uh, it's launching on 521 for 200 bucks. It looks great. I really like that color, but I'm I'm not going to buy anything. Or I'm not going to buy it because I I've got my Switch and I'm happy with it. Until we get a Switch Pro and then I'll I'll have to buy a new one. All right. Let's talk about the Indie World and this will be the last thing that we talk about before we wrap up. Uh Indie World happened this week and it was cool. I mean, there wasn't really anything in it that I got excited for, except for there was one thing that I really got excited for, and that was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Now, we had already seen that that was coming out, and I just straight up assumed that it was coming to the Nintendo Switch as well. Um, But uh, this game looks very, very cool. This is coming from .emu, which is the same publishers behind Streets of Rage 4, Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap, um, this game is coming out later on this year, and it is inspired by the old school Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game like Turtle in Time, which I dumped so many quarters into when I was younger. I loved that game. I had so much fun playing it, and I cannot wait to play this one. The animation for this game looks wonderful, especially Michelangelo. Like, they they showed this scene where the turtles are running from left to right across the screen because that is what you do in this kind of game. Uh, but the way that Michelangelo is running is different than the others, and it's just so 
cool the way that it's animated. I'm very excited for this game. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Another game that they showed off, which I thought was kind of weird that they were talking about, because this is this is the indie showcase, okay? And they showed off this game called Getsu Fumiden, uh, Undying Moon. And basically, this is a hack and slash roguelite experience, which, hey, I think it looks great. I'm very interested in it, and I'm definitely going to try it out when it comes out um, next year, by the way. But this is from Konami? Do they are they indie enough to be part of the indie world? I don't know. Makes me wonder what's going on there. Almost feels like Konami said, "Hey, you know what? Let's let's pay some money and uh, get featured in." Uh, and uh, hey, I don't know if that happened. I'm just saying that's what it feels like. It seems weird to focus on Konami as a game coming to uh, or as an indie game. That's weird. Um, then they had Ali Ali World. The last time I played an Ali Ali game, I believe was, and honestly, I can't remember. It was either on the 3DS or on the Wii U, but it was in that era. I believe I got it from uh, when Nintendo partnered with Humble Bundle for a bunch of games. And I think that it came with that bundle. And I played Ali Ali, which is the side-scrolling skateboarding game. It's really, really good. Ali Ali World uh, is coming to uh, Nintendo Switch later on this winter. I think that that one looks really good. And then I I have to mention this for no other reason than everybody else tweeted it. They had Ali Ali, uh, it, Ali Ali World in the indie thing, and then they ended it with Oxen Free Two, which is uh, the sequel to obviously uh, Oxen Free, which is this supernatural narrative adventure game about a researcher who stumbles on like ghosty stuff. Uh, but having Ali Ali and Oxenfree in the same thing, I thought was really cool. Anyway, that is it for this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. I want to thank our patrons. If you have not already done so, check out the Patreon over at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. If you go there and you sign up, if you're listening to the podcast, do you want to get the podcast without any ads in it? If you're listening to this on your podcast player, then you can sign up at the buck a month club, it costs you a buck a month and you get the podcast without any, uh, ads in it at all. If you want to get the podcast early, usually I record this on Saturday and then I post it to the podcast feed on Tuesday. If you want to get that early, then, uh, then you can sign up for the early access club over on Patreon. And if you prefer to do all of your stuff, uh, here on, um, YouTube, uh, again, nerdnest.tv, then you can also get the show early by being a member here over at nerdnest.tv. I post the show early for members as well. Uh, so again, patreon.com slash runjumpstomp, nerdnest.tv. Thanks for hanging out. Hope to see you next time. Stay awesome, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>